Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Dr. Wignall. Yo. I have lots of clients that ask me, usually at the end of the session while we're walking out. That's when all the good questions come. <laughs> right? Doorknob moments mm-hmm. is what I call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's right when you're opening the door for them. They're like, oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is a funny question, I guess. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, clients will ask me, how do you not take your work home with you? Mm-hmm. You sit here and listen to people and their problems and their situations, and it's really stressful for a lot of them. How do you not take that home and think of, a, think of it all the time? What do you tell them? What do you tell clients? Mm-hmm. They, do you get this question a lot? Yes. It's probably, it's one of the most, most common popular. questions yeah. I get, I think. Yeah. Even when you tell people you're a psychologist, this will come up. Yeah. I right. could never do that. How, not do, you, just how do you not take yeah. that home? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, this is a complicated question, I think. Um, sometimes I'll, I try to assess whether it's just kind of small talk and they're just saying it to say it or whether they're genuinely curious. Because if, if it's just kind of small talk or it's just like, sometimes people say something like that as an expression of appreciation right like I really like if I if they're my client and they're saying like god how do you you know like how do you do it's amazing you you do this all the time it's it's them what they're really saying is I know I just unloaded a bunch of stuff on you I really appreciate what you're doing right and when when it's that I try to respond to that Mm -hmm. not to the how do you they're not literally wondering how you know right they're not asking a question so much as yeah yeah. so most of the time I, I I sort of go with something else. But if, if someone really is curious, um, there's kind of two ways I think about this. The first is that I honestly think a lot of it is just temperamental. Hmm. I think I'm just lucky that I personally, I don't have, I really have very little problem. It's not hard for me to not take my work home with me, no matter how hard or intense a day I had. I virtually never think about stuff when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's, it's just always been that way. And so I, it's, n- it's not a very interesting answer. <laughs> um, and I think there's more to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's important to acknowledge that I think sometimes it's often just kind of temperamental or personality driven. I think some people just are going to tend to stew on stuff more. And some people just can kind of flip that switch a little bit more easily. And yeah. I, think, I think I'm just lucky in part. So staying on the, t- how do you feel about that? I have other thoughts about maybe things specifically I do or parts of my training that have helped with it. But what do you think about that, that idea that, do you think it's more like, is that, a, is that, well, let me just ask you, do you have a hard time? Um, I would, again, I, I would say the same thing. It's a complicated answer, I think. And I, and I agree with what you're saying. I think temperamentally some, some psychologists or therapists can, can flip that switch easier than others. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, but mine is, mine is kind of, it depends an answer. It depends. I think, I think most of my work I can, I can just kind of leave the office and be okay with. Um, it's not something you have to effortfully really like. Yeah. Well, and and some people's jobs, you know, when they might meet with someone during the day and then they've got 10 action items to follow up with about that meeting. Mm -hmm. We don't really do that per se. We, we, our our meeting happens and we're done until the next week with that particular situation yeah um it, i mean sometimes you'll have to follow up with a phone call or something but but, it, but it's not it's a lot rare. of follow-up work that you gotta yeah. 
think about I think a lot of people take their work home where it's like oh that's not done yeah. yet I've got to follow up on X Y and Z but I feel like being a therapist it's the opposite of being in school Remember when you're in school <laughs> yeah. like you always have, have homework. homework to do yeah. you always have some test you could be studying for you always have some paper you should right. be working on you're always feeling guilty because there's always more work to do yeah but with there you're you're literally done yeah it's six, almost never whatever time you get off you're, yeah. you're done yeah per, for the most part um, but I think what people wonder about is like the emotional part of it yeah they just dumped some really awful horrific thing maybe yeah um and you and as you know in session I genuinely like I feel it you yeah know? like I am sympathetic oh, yeah. and empathetic oh, yeah. and it um but it doesn't and so I think they assume it's just gonna like carry forward that, that you're going to have a similar, similar experience that they do as yeah. they leave and they're going to be thinking about it and ruminating about it. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have that with most clients. N- n- there, there are kind of exceptions to that where trauma, um, has a potential to, to hook me a little bit more than some other situations, mm-hmm. not all traumas, but some traumas, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, and then, and then big life events that come up for clients that, I've worked with or, or, um, have, have a really good relationship with sometimes those will. So if, if someone very close to my client dies, let's say, mm-hmm. and I know that's going to be a huge impact to them, of course. And, and I might worry about that. I might, I might walk around with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think your life, my life has changed since doing this a lot. And in, in that, you know, it used to be, I could watch crimes, crime shows all day long and I loved it. I was interested in it. Now I'm kind of like, eh, I just don't care to see certain types of crime anymore or certain shows around those kind of huh. topics. I'm like, eh, I just don't, that's not entertaining anymore. Um, but I, you I, mean I, as a result of your work specifically? Yeah, I do a lot of trauma. So I work with a lot of victims of sexual assault, let's say. And so like, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, like one of those crime, one of those, um, law and order shows that that would have like a, a story about a, a person getting raped or something. That's that's no longer entertaining for me. I, it's, it's hard for me to watch shows like that right. and feel like I'm being entertained by that. Sure. Um, and then there might be one or two specific traumas that kind of hook me and, and that I that do kind of mess with me a little bit. But for the most part, no, that's just not an issue. I think I, I, mostly I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of maybe closer to you where it's like once I, once I shut the door, I'm good. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, have a big issue there, but occasionally, you know, I had, I had a client who lost a child recently mm-hmm. and that's weighed on me, you know, cause some things are just so devastating that it's, it's hard not to sure. worry and care and, and hope for the best for your clients. But most of the time I think it's, um, uh, it's probably that baseline where it's pretty, pretty simple to shut the door and go home mm-hmm. and see the client next week and pick it all back up and put it back down. Yeah. So, okay. So two things on that. The first is, do you think that's, are, are you the rule or the exception? Are we the rule or the exception? Do you think for most therapists, yeah, it's... I would not even proffer a guess um, because I just, I don't know that I've talked to enough shrinks about this yeah. to really understand whether I'm the rule or exception. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. But, but then the other thing too that strikes me is even even if sometimes you, you do take stuff home with you, say, mm-hmm. in general you don't, and, and but it's not it doesn't seem like it's because you do something specific in order to not take it home with you or you like, do you have like rituals or routines or habits or techniques you use to not oh. take your work home with you? No, no. It just, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, <laughs> I had a great grad school mentor who really quickly, 
impressed upon me that my job wasn't to make people feel better. Mm-hmm. And, and I was really yeah. grateful for that, that, that my job is to guide people through the process of change, but I'm not responsible for the change. Yeah. And, and so that helped, that helped me a lot, even as a trainee to kind of understand where the limits of my control were and then to kind of just get really comfortable with those limits. So when the session's over, that client's on their own. And, right. I, and, I'll, and I would do what I could to support them, I guess, if they needed it, but I don't have a lot of sway there. I 100% agree. I, I think that's, even though I said, you know, temperament probably plays a big role in this, I think one of the things that really helps me with this is my, I guess just sort of like my philosophy of my job and mm-hmm. of therapy, which is my, my my model is I'm, I'm like a trainer at the gym. Yeah. Right. And when someone comes and sees a trainer, I'll show you different techniques and talk about the types of exercises you can do to reach your goal of running that marathon or losing 20 pounds or whatever it is. Right. But whether you run the marathon or, or lose the weight, that's I, not my responsibility. Yeah. I don't have a lot of, of uh, power. There, no, you know, none. No, virtually none. A, some influence, but no direct control over that. Yeah, I, I tell clients all the time. I think I use a similar analogy where I, I say, you know, our weekly sessions are kind of a game plan and a review and an assessment and processing. But the real change occurs and will occur when you leave the office and implement different behaviors, thought processes, emotional responding. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things. So I don't have a lot of control whether you're going to do that or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's maybe part of it is just, we are both, at least in the way we practice, we're pretty clear on our, our job is not the outcome. Our job is the, the habit or the technique or the process work of, yeah. that will theoretically lead to the outcome or not. Yeah. I think the only other time I, I really do take work home with me is if I have a client that's suicidal or, or in, in some similar situation where, sure. um, they're, their physical health or, or something's definitely um, potentially compromised or or will be compromised. But other than that, I can pretty much just focus on whatever dull things I'm doing while <laughs> <laughs> or exciting. Sometimes it's exciting. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't. For the most part, your your therapist probably isn't taking work home with them. And and if you think you have a therapist that is. And you see, mm. can see signs of that. That's probably not a good thing. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. If if your therapist is calling you throughout the week to check on you, or if there's a reason for that, maybe. But but yeah, I don't know. What would that look like? I guess if a therapist is really getting too maybe involved or or affected by the work. Well, I, I would say it's it relates to what we were just talking about, with, which is what what do they see as their job? Yeah, that division right? of labor. I mean, I, I think there probably are a lot of therapists who think it's their job to, to make sure their clients feel better. I, can, I mean, man, I can't, um, I would certainly feel awful <laughs> if I thought that was my job. Yeah. If you approached your work with the ideas that every client has to leave your office feeling better when they, ca- than when they came in or just needs to have steady um, emotional wellness gains throughout therapy, that would be a brutal. I would not be in this job. Yeah. I mean, like that impossible. would be too stressful for me. Yeah. But, <laughs> Yeah, that would add a lot of stress, definitely, and 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 make therapy really not enjoyable. I mean, that's a you're going to create a pressure cooker for yourself right. in there. Yeah. Well, I think also not helpful for your client because ultimately, you're as a therapist, you're you're trying to model um, healthy attitudes towards um, responsibility and control, mm-hmm. right? You 
like so I feel like so much of mental health boils down to helping people be clear about what are the things they can actually control and taking responsibility for those things. And then what are the things they think they should control, but actually they don't have any control over and being willing to let those go. Yeah. And I can't, I don't think I can help my clients do that very well if I'm confused about that myself. Right. Right. Yeah. To, to assume you're responsible for making somebody else feel good <clears throat> um, as a therapist. Wow. Even saying that just sounds insane. Right. But it's um, it, it, in some ways it's subtle. It's my, I am responsible for helping them see the things they can do that will lead to them feeling better. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, teaching, teaching somebody else, like you would never teach your children that they're responsible for the emotional experience of other people. Right. Or the, or the emotional experience of other people. Um, and so, and I don't think a therapist would ever teach a client, you are responsible for how other people feel. That's a... Yeah, I don't know. I think that's a... I think a lot would. I think that's a really subtle point, actually. I, because I think... That's we, terrifying, though. I, but I, I do want my kids to be very considerate and thoughtful of how other people feel. Well, you can teach that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's... But I, but I don't... I think that's a very subtle point. The, the distinction between being attentive to and thoughtful about and conscientious about how the other people feel mm-hmm. and being responsible for how, like that is super subtle, yeah. I think. I mean, it's, or, it's, or maybe it's, too subtle for, maybe that needs to be cl- communicated way more right. clearly. I mean, that's super clear to us because that's our job. Yeah. Right? But well, and, from, that, and that's kind of the point I'm making. I would never teach a client that. You know, that they're responsible for this. So why would I assume that role for myself? Oh, right. Yeah. yeah I mean, but I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are some therapists who are not clear on that distinction themselves. Oh, I would I would wholesale agree. And I, I've even met therapists and had conversations with them where it's obvious they feel responsible and are maybe overestimating how much of an impact they have in their client's life. And yeah, you can definitely see their frustration a lot, mm. but I don't know what percentage of therapists that would be. I have no idea. That would be a good sign. Actually, if you're in therapy and you can sense that your therapist is frustrated, that might be a good cue um, that, that uh, maybe they're taking oh, yeah. too much responsibility. Well, on. I, that's something I regularly do with myself. When I get frustrated in, in therapy with my clients, that the first thing I try and remind myself of is what I'm probably doing is I'm assuming more responsibility or control than I have a right to or should. Yeah. Or I'm getting attached to some outcome that's not happening. Right. That I have no control over. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. Definitely Um, right. Yeah. And then you can see the patterns that might get put into place by that, um, for that client in, in other parts of their life, other people that are around them. mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating. All of which comes from, I think from a good place, which is we want good things for people. Right. Whether it's our clients or whether it's our clients and their spouses or whoever, you know, they're dealing with or, but just because you, you would like good things for other people <laughs> doesn't, that's, <laughs> it's, it, it's important to see that's a very far leap from, I am responsible for that happening. Yeah. I think there, that is a huge and uncrossable gulf. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah and you're right. It's a subtle difference, that. but it is a massive Difference in your experience. Right. Yeah. So we, we, we do, we can help other people and we can influence other people and we can guide other people to some extent. Yeah. But that, that's a very different thing than saying we have control 
over the outcome right? and feeling responsible for that outcome. You know, I will say this, though, as far as taking work home with me. There, there have been moments where I've definitely thought of clients out of work. Usually that's a pleasant experience, though. Yes, that's where, a great Where I'll point. say, you know, I'll be at the grocery store and go, oh, hey, I bet if I did this kind of homework assignments with so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, that might work better, and I'll kind of make a note of that or something. But usually if I do think of clients outside of work, it's it's usually in a constructive way like that totally it's not in this like oh my god i'm I'm glad you brought that up i did not think about that beforehand but i feel like that's important i wish i I feel like i need to i don't know if i should tell my clients that but i wish my clients knew that more that that probably the reverse is true of what they expect yeah they expect that we you know we kind of like brood on all the heavy painful stuff when in reality it's it's probably the opposite that stuff comes up every once in a while but more of what we think about is the positives mostly yeah or or some constructive angle to approach you know but i've definitely had a lot of those and i'm appreciative of those i don't mind those at all you know those moments where you're kind of just getting ready to come to work and you're looking at your Mm -hmm. schedule and you're like oh yeah okay and you're having your morning coffee and you kind of realize oh you know what i could do i also and (laughs) i often will think about something that happened in therapy with my client and I will apply it to my own life and kind of use it yeah, <laughs> like to help me do something differently or yeah. to not fall into a trap or a mistake or something that I, I help someone work through in therapy. Yeah. Um, which is one of those weird, unexpected quirks of being a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> you get to like learn vicariously. Yeah, you do. And, and I, you know, it's funny, you've mentioned this before that you get to yeah. learn a lot. Um, I, I'm, I'm convinced that's true. And I'm also convinced that I am not learning as much as I probably should well. sometimes. <laughs> or I'm like, I need to remember that. And then I do not remember that. But yeah. it, And it is funny to, to share those, um, you know, a client will describe a problem and you're like, oh, I've seen that problem before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've had that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, ooh, I don't want to handle it that way, but I'll, I'll handle it this way. Yeah. It's, it's fun to kind of do that. So... We don't take that much home uh, work home with us, and when we do, it's usually a good experience, not a yeah, bad one. Totally. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance, and if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.